the thing that I want to talk about today in this series um, of Recalibrate is the topic for my message today is first come, first served. First come, first served. Now, this term, first come, first serve, we typically hear this uh, when there's a party or some type of event, right? And, and, and what we say is, first come, first serve that. In other words, the people that put the priority to be there first uh, will receive the most grand experience. In other words, if I'm having a party and I say first come, first serve, I'm here to tell you that, hey, when you, if you come early and arrive on time, the food going to be hot and ready. But if you arrive later, or if you come late or too late, you know, the, the chicken might be gone or, or the food might be a little cold. So in order to, to, to get the full of experience of this party that I'm having or I'm throwing, you must arrive early. Or in other words, you, may, you must prioritize you being there. So when I think about first come, first serve, I think about priorities. And we know that priorities is something that is more important than other things that needs to be done or dealt with first. And when we think about first come, first serve in the form of, of, of a party or event, but when we look at that and compare it to our lives, we can see how that works hand in hand. Let me show you. Uh, first come, first serves, as it relates to our life, is the things that we pay the most attention to gets most of our energy, gets our focus, gets our attention. And the things that we focus on a little bit later or at the end of the day, now we're tired, now we're sleepy, now it's getting uh, um, not the best versions of ourselves. And so when we think about first come, first serve, and we think about um, the nature of, of, of priorities, is that when we prioritize God first, we're able to give God our best. It's, it's, it's easy to pray when you first wake up in the morning and you have the energy and you haven't been drained by life and your kids haven't got on your nerves and your boss haven't got on your nerves. It's easy to go to God and pray and, and, and give God your worship, but it's hard when you make him your last priority and now you're tired and, and now you're frustrated and, and now you're sleepy and now what you could have gave God it's not what you've given him because you're tired, because you're frustrated, because life has sucked the life out of you. And now it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm, I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk to God. I'm trying to communicate to God. And then I fall asleep. We wonder why when we read our Bible, sometimes we often fall asleep is because we're doing that after we've done everything else. And I'm just here to tell you today that priorities matter and God should be prioritized in our life before anything. So I want to give you this um, about priorities real quick. I want to I talk to you about priorities. Uh, uh, number one, priorities, what it does is priorities establish order in our lives. 
Uh, some of us wonder why our lives are so hectic and we're running from place to place. We're doing this and we're doing that and we're all over the place. We, we, we're, 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 we're jacks of all trades but good at nothing because we haven't learned how to prioritize. So priority, what it does is it establishes order in my life. I can have a lot of things to do, but if I know I'm going to do uh, A and then I'm going to do B and then I'm going to do C, I can, I can give myself to that more than I can just running all over the place. Not only does priorities establish order in our lives, but priorities create focus. When you have priorities, you are able to focus better. You know exactly what you have to do and when you have to do it based off of your priorities. So if you know you need God in your life and you prioritize God first every morning when you wake up before you grab your phone and search Instagram, you will seek his face and not your followers' face. What priority does uh, thirdly is priorities gives us direction. Uh, uh, when, when I have my priorities and I put them in my life, I have direction. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly where I'm going to end up. So what that does is uh, that helps me get rid of relationships and people and stuff that don't mean me no good because I have priorities. I know exactly where I'm supposed to be. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Priorities gives us direction. And, and, and finally, 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 priorities leads to success. Priorities lead to success. When you set priorities in your life, when you set priorities uh, in your life, you will, that will lead you to success because you've canceled out distractions, you've canceled out things and people that don't mean you no good, and you're giving yourself totally to the thing that you have prioritized. Priorities leads to success. But what I want to tell you about this success is, this success, and I love this uh, analogy that Pastor used a, a few weeks ago or a month ago, uh, he talked about a coin. Priority is a, is a two-way coin. It's, it's, it's success in a good way, and then it can be success in a bad way, all depending on what your priority is. If my priority is to keep my marriage, I prioritize it, and therefore it leads me to great success. But if my priorities are out of whack, my priorities can lead to the detriment of my marriage. So depending on what you prioritize, it's gonna to lead to success. It just might not be the success that you was looking for. Let me give you this major key about priorities. Uh, priorities or the lack of prioritization will ruin, number one, your family. If you don't prioritize your family, <coughs> excuse me, if you don't prioritize your family, uh, uh, your family can be ruined. Now, oftentimes when we think about family, uh, sometimes we think about only the people that is in our house. 
Okay, we think about, you know, mama and daddy or uh, my spouse and my children. But I want to get you to understand today that your family is much bigger than the people that live in your house. It's everybody on your family tree. And sometimes there are family members who may not be in your house, but who may need something for you. But because we don't prioritize our family, our little cousin over there is struggling and he's leading astray. But I have the, actually the word to give to him to steer him back the course. But because I've minimized my family to the people in my household, I'm neglecting my family. We have to prioritize our family, and our family has to go beyond our little spot, our little wrinkle, our little, our little nest, but it has to be everybody that has my namesake. I don't know about you, but I don't want my household to win. I want everybody that got my last name. I want everybody with the last name Hearn to win. I want everybody uh, with the last name Adams to win because I have prioritized my family. So that means that sometimes uh, uh, we got to open up Thanksgiving and, and invite them distant cousins. That means sometimes we got to invite them people to the party that, that we, don't, uh, we don't always know. But we have to prioritize our families so that they can get what we got. Amen. Uh, the second thing that I want to I want to tell you is that the lack of prioritization will ruin your marriage. It will ruin your marriage. And this is so good because we can be heroes at work and losers at home. You can go to work and be the greatest boss you want to be. Help everybody do everything for everything, but then your wife and your kids despise you. That's because you have put work before your family, before your marriage. So in this, we have to understand that our marriages has to be prioritized. We got to date them. We got to take them out. We got we to gotta tell them they look good. We got to tell them they smell good. Even when they don't, we got to speak life to them. Why? Because you are my priority. And we got to, in this year, in this recalibrate, we got, we, we can't, we can't, we can no longer live lopsided lives. You, you can't be a hero at work and a loser at home. You can't, you can't, you can't be nice to strangers, but, but mean to your family. Come on, we got to have some balance. And in this recalibrating, putting uh, 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 priorities in our life will help us establish that. Uh, the, la- the, 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 the next thing I want to bring to your attention is the lack of prioritization will ruin your career. Okay? Now, now since we're in church, I'm going to talk about church just, just real quick. Um, 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 you was hired or, or, or you're the pastor. We're we, we going we we to come for that. We're going to come for the top. You're the pastor of the church and God has blessed you and given you um, this church, but you don't take the time to pray. You don't take the time to study. You don't, you don't take the time to seek God's face. You don't, you don't, it will ruin what God has given you. Even the job that you have, even the job that you have, if you don't get there on time, if you don't prioritize being there, if you don't prioritize getting there on time so you can do your job, guess what? You will ruin it. You will ruin it. And finally, finally, these major keys 
uh, of what the lack of prioritization will do is the lack of prioritization, it will ruin opportunities for you. Sometimes God will, will talk to people and put your name in that atmosphere and, 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 and you will be blessed to have these great opportunities, but your lack of prioritization in your life can ruin that opportunity before you. Because somebody said you was good to go, but then the other person was like, you know what, he can preach, but you know, his wife, you know, but he, he a loser to his family or, or, you know, he can play, you know, but he never shows up on time or just all these different things, how the lack of priority can ruin our lives. And in this series of recalibrate, we have to learn how to put God first. Our first Priority has to be God. Yes, say it again. In this life, our first priority has to be God. And I want to show you real quick on the screen a picture of what that looks like. I want to, I want to show you a picture of, of what that looks like. We see here uh, there's a pyramid. And, and, and what I like to say about this pyramid is the first portion or the foundation of this pyramid uh, represents Jesus Christ. And when the foundation is good and it's solid and it's intact, then every other thing in our lives can be in a line, but it's all solely depending on him. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you can have success in life, but if you don't put God first, that success is soon is going to run out. You can have a great marriage in life, but I'm telling you that marriage sooner or later is going to run out if God is not the foundation, if he is not the priority in life. I like to think that uh, in God, we're supposed to have everything. And then, and, then, and then on that, we have everything else. But let's go to the Bible really quick. Let's go to the Bible. Uh, let's go uh, Genesis 3. Uh, Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple verses in your hearing. And I'm almost finished. Genesis chapter 3, verse 3 through 7. It says this. It says, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. Uh, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lamb of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it, and it, uh, you must subdue it, and be its master. Verse number eight. One day Cain suggested to his brother, 
Let's go out into the field. And when they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, killing Abel and killed him. It's a good place to pray. Father God, help us to put you first in everything we do. Amen. All right. So here it is, this text in Genesis that we see. Uh, first, the thing that's really interesting to me is uh, the Bible says that when it came time for harvest, and, uh, uh, when it was time for the harvest, we don't see uh, anywhere in Scripture uh, in this story, and we know this is Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, where God places a demand that like, yo, um, yo, uh, when it's time, uh, Rummy, Rummy was mine. We don't see that. We, we, we don't see that. But we see embedded in human nature that when we received an increase that Cain and Abel willfully gave to God. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that from the beginning of time, creation knew that they ought to give thanks and honor to God without God even telling them. This was before uh, uh, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Nobody had to tell Cain and Abel, but they knew that at the time of harvest, it was time to present God something. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say is that you got to realize and recognize, ain't shit nobody have to tell you, but God wakes you up every single morning. God that delivers you, he gives you brand new mercy. You ought to give God something. Come on, somebody. You got to give God something. And so that's quite interesting to me. And so the Bible tells us that they go to uh, uh, give uh, God what is due to him. And what happens is uh, uh, Abel uh, is a shepherd. So that means he keeps sheep. And then we see Cain is what we call a farmer because he's cultivating the ground. And the Bible tells us that when it was time to give, that Cain gave some of his, of his crops. And we see that Abel gave the first. So I put this in my mind. I picture, I picture this stage right now as being a garden. And I, I picture Cain going through saying, you know what? I don't like corn. You know what? We're going to give that to God. Uh, okay. Um, grapes. Mm, these grapes, mm, they, a little, they don't look uh, plump enough. You know what? Uh, We're we going we to give that to God. Uh, all right, um, these bananas, um, they rotten. We just going to give that to God. In other words, Cain gave what he thought he should give to God. He gave God what, what he wanted to give God. And then Abel, I picture Abel having his first uh, um, cow or something produced. And then that cow comes out and Cain says, wait, 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 wait. Don't nobody touch it. Do not touch it because this one here belongs to God. Matter of fact, I'm going to take this one. I'm going to put it in a special place. How much do we feed them? Feed him double. We're going to feed him double because this one 
belongs to God. In other words, Abel prioritized his sacrifice to God, and Cain did not. Cain put God, I'm sorry, Abel put God first, and Cain just gave God what he wanted to. So the question becomes, why did Cain, why did God, excuse me, accept Cain's gift, but not? Uh, Why did God accept Abel's gift, but did not accept Cain's gift? Let me tell you the reason why. The reason why is because Abel understood the principle of first. Abel understood the principle of first. Uh, uh, put, put, put that image back on the screen. Let me, let me go back to this real quick. Cain understood that this right here, the foundation of everything I have, uh, it starts with God. It starts with God getting his first, and it starts with me and God being good. And only if I am good at my foundation can I continue to build my pyramid. In other words, Cain said, listen, uh, uh, God, whether this work out or not, I know that you are more than able to give me another lamb or another stream, so I'm okay with giving you this one first. And Abel, and, and I mean, that's what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what Abel said, and then Cain, Cain was like, you know what? I'm just going to give you what I want. And so what we have to understand is that God must be prioritized first in our lives. And we see that in this text that that Abel understood the principle first, therefore found favor with God. Cain did what he wanted to do, and therefore God did not accept his sacrifice. And in that, it led Cain to Killing his own brother. The lack of being able to prioritize God being first. See, when God is not first in our lives, our flesh becomes first in our lives. And the flesh of Cain made him kill his own brother. God must be first in our lives, and God must be prioritized first in our lives. And what I want to give you really quick is a couple of points. Uh, 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 and point number one uh, is this, is I've got to let you know that in this, number one, if we're going to recalibrate, we have to recalibrate back to the beginning. And in the beginning, God was the head of man, and God and man walked together in the garden. That's the type of relationship God desires for us. So point number one is God's expectation is to be first in our lives. I I, I know it sounds cute in church. We say honor God and and keep God first. and, And I'm even saying prioritize God. But you have to understand that from the perspective of the scripture, God's expectation of us is to put him 
first. Now, if you want to, he said, look, I, I, I give you free will. You know what I mean? So if you don't do it, it's okay. But I just want to let you know that I desire to be first, right? And we see this all over the Bible. In Exodus, we see that God tells Moses uh, to get to dedicate to him every firstborn. Uh, we see that. Uh, we see in Exodus that God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, and he clearly states You shall have no other gods before me. Now, a lot of times when we think about or we hear the word God, uh, we think like, uh, we think big. We think in the God, right? But a lot of times things can become gods in our life depending on what we prioritize. Some of us prioritize the way we look beyond anything else. We give more money and more attention into how we look and how people perceive us than we do to praying and fasting, than we do to call on the name of Jesus, than we do to honoring God. We put more our priorities. It's all messed up and all over the place. And therefore, God takes a backseat to how you look. Some of us prioritize our money before God. And anything that you prioritize first in your life other than God becomes a lowercase God, lowercase G in your life. And what God is saying is, look, don't get it twisted. I know that you want to be fine. I know you're looking for a husband. I know you want to look good. I want you to look good. But don't get so twisted that you start to you, you prioritize how you look better than better than me. Because my expectation from you is literally to be first in your life. So if I'm a born-again Christian believer, uh, uh, you got to know and understand that we don't tell you to pray and seek God for no reason. We tell you that because God's expectation is to be first in our lives. Uh, uh, he says in Proverbs, he says, he says, honor the Lord with thy substance and, and, and with the first fruits of your inheritance. And Matthew chapter 6 tell us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. God desires to be first in our lives. And the only question is, will you allow him to be? Will you allow him to be? Uh, then the question becomes, and this is, this is kind of point number two. The question becomes, Pastor, well, why does God expect to come first? Why, why does God uh, uh, expect to come first in my life? And I, I hope you're getting this, and I, I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. And God gave me this revelation, revelation that's going to bring this scripture uh, uh, that we've been saying all along. Uh, 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 I, I want to start the point by saying this, the even exchange, the, the even exchange. Whenever we exchange something, uh, uh, whenever we exchange something, whether it's good for services, we look at the value of what we're exchanging. Go with me here. So if, if I want to sell you this bottle of water, if you agree that this bottle of water is worth one dollar and I agree then I can give you the water and then you can give me the dollar and therefore our exchange has been even my question is have you ever been shortchanged in your life have you ever went to buy something or pay for something and then found out or figure out what you pay for this thing it ain't really worth it 
You've, 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 you've been shortchanged. So whenever we exchange things, even back in biblical days, they traded, they traded things. Hey, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you corn. You give me wheat. Their exchange must be even. We agree, right? So the reason why God, watch this, uh, uh, wants or requires uh, the prioritization of him being first because he literally gave us his first. Uh, uh, watch this. Uh, John three sixteen says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his what? His only begotten son. So the point is God expects your first because he's already given you his first. Jesus was the firstborn of Christ, of God. And he sacrificed him. He literally gave him to us. As a sacrificial lamb. So God desires to be first. And God wants us, uh, he wants us to put him first and prioritize him first. Because literally, he gave us his first. So whenever I don't put God first in my life, whenever I don't prioritize him first, I'm shortchanging God. It's that feeling that you told me that this was going to last for three months. It only lasted for a day. It's that feeling of buying something uh, and spending money on it. And guess what? It didn't work out the way it supposed to be. You feel shortchanged. And, and, and just imagine if you sent your kid to the store and you sent them to the store to buy a pop. And you gave them $5 and, and the pop was $0.99 cent and they brought you back $2. And you, gonna, you say, well, where's the change at? This is this. This is all they gave you? Man, you will grab your coat, march up to that store clerk so quick and say, listen, you ain't going to cheat, my son. But sometimes we do that to God. We do that to God by not putting him first. And so what I endeavor today is to impart into us practically how or the ingredients of, of how to put God first. I'm going to give you the ingredients, and then I'm going to walk you through these three points of how uh, to walk it out to put God first. But to put God first in our lives and to keep God first in our lives, it takes audacity. Somebody say audacity. Audacity, audacity, audacity. What is audacity? Audacity is defined as boldness, daring, especially with confidence to disregard conventional thought or restrictions. So in other words, uh, uh, to keep God first in my life and to make him my priority, I literally, I have to disregard conventional thoughts. Right? I imagine the garden. I imagine Cain being in a garden and he thought it was reasonable. He said, you know what? I got to give God something. So shouldn't I just give God what I don't want? Right? That, that makes sense. Right? I don't need it. I don't want it. I'm just going to give it to God. And he went through that garden and he picked forth the things that he, he didn't want. And he presented them uh, to God and God said, nope, that ain't, that ain't it. You, you, you can't give me some. You got to give me the first. And Abel understood that principle that, you know what, it makes no sense to give God my first because if I give God my first, then how do I know that something is coming after that? 
But when you are going to prioritize God in our lives, you have to have the audacity to know and to understand that, hey, what's conventional thought and reasoning may not be necessary. In other words, you have to disregard conventional thought to be able to keep God first in your life. And the first point that I want to give you of how to keep God in your first is you have to have the audacity to believe. You have to have the audacity uh, uh, to believe. Uh, you know, a lot of times we save the word believe, but it makes me wonder, uh, do we really know what the word believe means? Because to, to believe, uh, it has to be more than a declaration. And oftentimes, that's what we make, right? I believe, anywhere I'm declaring, I'm making a declaration that this is something. But a belief is not a declaration. It's not something that comes out of your mouth. It's something that you live by. My belief in God uh, to prioritize and to keep him first, it got to be more than a declaration, but it has to be uh, something that I live by. In other words, I'm okay with giving God the first because I believe that if I give God this one, he'll give me another one. Because I believe that it's not, it's not the thing, it's not the thing, it's God providing the source. And so you have to have the audacity to believe God beyond conventional thought. Or reasoning. I believe I'm going to live by. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm as sure as I stand before you today. I believe God. And a good example of this in the Bible is uh, Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham to leave behind everything that he knows. He tells him, leave behind your family your kinfolk, all them people, and I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you. Now, conventional thought or reason would say, well, God, if you're going to take me somewhere, I need you. I need to know where I'm going, right? Conventional thought or reason would tell us, you know what? Yeah, I'm going here. But he said, I'm taking you to a place that I'm going to show you. And Abraham, he went he, he believed. He did it. it. That doesn't mean that he was all like, you know, proud about it. But guess what? He did it. He had the audacity to believe. In other words, Abraham, because he had the audacity to believe, was able to prioritize God, put him first, honor his calling on his life, leave his family, and become the father of many. Because he had the audacity to believe. Uh, the second point uh, that I want to give you uh, uh, to keep God first in our lives is we have to become steadfast and unmovable. We got to become steadfast and unmovable because I remember a point in time in my life where I prioritized God and I put God first as long as my circumstances didn't get out of what I thought God could do. But once I thought that this was, I don't know, God, I started doing stuff and doing it myself and, and making my own way just to mess everything up. So what you got to understand is that sometimes in life, uh, 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 bad things happen to good people. 
and, and just because you're faced with adversity, just because your situation is, is looking bleak, that doesn't change the fact that God is supposed to be first in your life. I feel that somebody's in here been putting God first, been honoring God, and been waiting on an opportunity, been waiting on something, and it ain't came yet, and you saying, you know what, I'm about to go find my own way. I'm saying, no, stop right now. Pause. Be steadfast and unmovable. Be steadfast and unmovable. And when you become steadfast and unmovable, the truth is that everything is going to work out anyway. Look, the Bible already says that all things work together for our good. So what you got to understand is that whatever you're experiencing in this moment, whatever is coming against you prioritizing God, I guarantee you, if you be steadfast and unmovable, uh, uh, the Bible says we've been made endure for a night. But guess what? Joy is coming in the morning. I just want to tell you that whatever the test of storm, you can outlive it. You can outlast it. Keep God first. And the next thing that you have to do to keep God first, and we see this in the text, is You have to have the audacity to give. You have to have the audacity to give. When you give God first, and this is so good, it requires faith. Because if this is my first crop, if this is my firstborn animal, uh, 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 and I give this to God, this shows God that I believe that he, that me being connected to him is far greater than a soil that I have. It's far greater than the animals that I have, but it's all about me and God. So in keeping God first, there are going to be some times in our life where God is going to require us to give. And I don't know where you're falling short. You could be falling short uh, with putting God first and honor God first and making God your priority in, in many different ways. But, but some of us were challenged in our giving. And, and when it's offering time and, and when it's time to, to give God the first, we, we think about the bills that we have. And, and we, we look at the bills and we say, you know what? I can't afford to pay my tithes. But I'm here to tell you, You can't afford not to pay your tithes because ultimately in honoring God and putting God first, it's not about what you're giving God. It's about the principle. Somebody say the principle. It's about the principle. If, if, if God, if it was about, if it was about giving God uh, um, exactly what I have and, and this and that, and it was particular, then I believe that God will require more from us. But God is saying, will you lay hold to the principle? Will you give to me, uh, will you be the principle? What I want you to understand is that God is not legalistic. Let me show you. God is not legalistic. When I, what, what do you mean by that? Legalistic means this. If, if it's time to pay tithes, right, it's time to pay tithes, and you get, you get paid on an automatic schedule, right? Your, your money is directly uh, deposited into your bank account, right? And, and, and in honoring God and putting God first, you know, you got to give God the first fruit offering. But your AT&T bill is automatically drafted, and it's, it's automatically drafted on that same day that you get paid. Well, technically, technically, did you? Technically, did you honor God with the first fruit of your offering? You would say if God was legalistic, the question, the answer would be no, because AT&T got theirs first. 
God is not worried about the legality of it. He's worried about the principle of it. So when, it, when my money hits my account, even if AT&T takes theirs first, I calculate what's my 10% and I set that aside regardless of what has already came out of my account. So it's the principle thing of putting God first. It's the principle thing. And so we have to have the audacity to give and some of us are struggling in these, in these areas. And finally, finally, we have to have the audacity to honor. The audacity to honor. And what does this mean? Honor says that, you know what, God? No matter what I think, no matter uh, uh, what my level of expertise or how I think this should go, or what makes sense to me. God, you said it, and you established it, so guess what? I'm going to do it. And and in honoring God, and uh, and what that does is it always makes us check with him before we do anything. So when I'm trying to prioritize God, and and I'm trying to put him further in my life, if I could simply honor God, if I could simply ask God, God, is it okay if I do this? God, this is what I'm thinking. I want to move forward with this. If I could simply do that, then God supernaturally would give me instruction. He'll give me direction. He'll send people. He'll send help. But a lot of times, we be so proud, and we just go and do whatever we want to do, whatever we think about doing, whatever we, we just go and do it. But no, stop. Pause. Honor God. Honor God. And what I want you to understand today, if you don't get nothing out of this, if you don't get nothing out of this message, what I want you to understand today is that God desires to be first in our lives. I'm ready. God desires to be first in our lives. And if we could just take a pause, because life sometimes has a way of pulling on us, of the things that we go through, the things that we experience, death, uh, calamity, the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, all of these things, it pulls on us and it could change our priority. It it, It could change the thing that's supposed to come first in our lives. And my message here this morning is let's recalibrate. And the way that we recalibrate is by making God our first priority. Uh, Making him, uh, number one, the head of our lives, but making him the priority in everything. God, you are, are the priority in my marriage. God, you are the priority. I know I go to a job and I work, God, but you are still yet. You are my priority. God, I'm, 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 I want you to fall out. I want you to recalibrate from just doing stuff and, and being busy and take time to prioritize God first. And I believe that when we honor God, when we prioritize him, and when we put him first, God becomes pleased with our lives. And not only does God become pleased with our lives, but he's able to direct us. He's able to show us what doors to go in, 
what doors to close, how to get there, when to stop, when to go, when to pause, all because he is our priority. And when you prioritize God and make him first, he becomes the foundation of our lives. And God wants to be the foundation of our lives. He desires to be. And he knows that as humans, we will function properly if we keep him first. So I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know where you are with the things that God has called you to do. I don't know if life has pulled on you away and you've had some experiences that has moved God from being first in your life. Well, today, we're recalibrating. We're, we're recalibrating and we're putting God back in his rightful place and that's head of our lives. So what I want to do is I want to pray. I want to pray for somebody today that's been out of whack, out of focus, that's been a hero at work and a loser at home, that if we can just prioritize God first and foremost, that our pyramid start to build and that it'll all be built on a solid foundation. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your people, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for the believers, God. We thank you, Lord, for the ones that's been running after you, that's been, that's been trying to do this thing your way. God, but somehow has fell out of whack, has prioritized other things and people before you. God, first, forgive us for our sins. Create us a clean heart. Renew us a right spirit and restore unto us the joy of our salvation. God, help us to remove every idol, every God, lowercase g, everything that we've put on a pedestal before us. God, move it away. Strip it away right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray right now that supernaturally, God, to us, that you're revealing that thing to us in our mind. Oh, God, that thing that we've been prioritizing over you. God, we come against it right now, oh, God. We ask, oh, God, that you would strip it away, oh, God. Strip it away, oh, God. God, your word says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? God, we come against every false, God, every, every golden image that we've set up before you. God, we come against it now. We sever it out of our lives. Oh, God, and we put you back in your rightful place. God, as head of our lives. God, as the only true and living God. The one who knows all. The one who knows best for us we put you back in your rightful place. God, and we pray right now that supernaturally everything that's been out of order is now lining up because you're back in your place. We pray right now and believe by faith that every crooked place is being made straight, oh God. God, every opportunity that was lost because our priorities is back in order, God. God, the marriage that was falling off by the wayside is lining back up, oh God, because we're going to honor and put you first, oh God. God, and we thank you, oh God, 
that for this moment forward, we will keep you first, prioritize you first in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be watching, you may be listening, and you say, I don't know God in the pardon of my sins. If that's you, if you want to be saved today, it's simple. Repeat after me. Say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my body. I give you my mind. And I give you my soul. Come into my life. I want to make you Lord of my life. And I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe that you have been saved. And I celebrate with you. And I challenge you to go to our website at conquerorschurch.org. There's a tab on there that says guest card. Click that guest card and let us know that you've given your life to Christ. And you may say, hey, you know what? I like what's going on over there at Conqueror's Church. You might say, I want to be a part of that. Click that guest card. Join us and become part of us. In Jesus' name, amen. What a powerful word. Come on, let's praise God. Put clap, put comments in there. What a powerful word from Pastor Justin Hearns. Listen, we're letting you go in a few seconds. I have to announce this because uh, we, we're unsure if it was clearly announced. But we're starting family tomorrow, our 21 day of prayer. 21, day of, 21 days of prayer. Now here's what I want you to do. We're going to flash an image up on the screen. Tomorrow, starting tomorrow at 6 a.m. Monday, and the corresponding Mondays following for the next 21 days, each Monday, that's only three Mondays, I want you to meet me, Pastor Sam, on the prayer line. You see the number on the screen right now. Snap a photo shot of the screen right now as you're watching. And I want you to meet me on that line for prayer. Now listen, it's only three times. I want you to partner with, I want you to come along this journey with me. This whole series is about recalibrating, getting things back, as Pastor Justin said, prioritize, meet me for prayer. Here's what we're going to do. I want to be prayerful for you, but also visit the website, Conqueror Church. You'll see the same image. Click the image. It'll take you to the page. We have 21 days of things you can be prayerful for. A lot of times we're praying for just ourselves, but let me challenge you as you pray for your surroundings, as you pray for your nation, as you pray for your community, your family, your loved ones, guess what happens? It's reciprocated and it'll come back to you. Amen. So I want to challenge you to be a partner with this. How do you do that? Click that image. Let us know you're accepting the challenge. You're going to be one of those who prays each day according to the list that is there. Amen. Will you do that with us? I'd love for you to partner with us. And I want to challenge you to do this as well. And if you will share with your loved ones, your families, and your friends, let them know also that they can be a part of this. You don't have to be a member here at Conqueror's Church to be a part of this prayer, 21 days of prayer here at Conqueror's Church, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. And then you continue every Monday, I should say, 6 a.m. And then you continue your prayers each day 
in the Lord. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I want to see you Wednesday. God bless. Have a great week. We love you in Jesus' name.